Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. All right, and welcome back to another incredible episode of Lance's House of Sports. I'm your host, Lance Wyatt, here with my sidekick duo, Robin, whatever you want to call him, Ben Gabriel. Welcome back to the show, brother. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we got to start. Episode. We got to start coming up with a new intro for you because you know it's basically just me and you every week. But <laughs> and Callie, I guess. I feel, like know, they just, I feel like they just know I'm going to be on. Yeah, they do. Yeah, <laughs> like they expect it. Still, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the duo partner, you know. <laughs> uh, maybe we can get Callie a mic and she can start talking with us full time. I don't know. <laughs> I thought Rihanna could have been better. Is that is that what we're starting with? We we can start with that. Give me a mic. Give me a mic. <laughs> yeah, which I have my Callie? take on this. So first, when she came out, okay, is she pregnant or is this leftover baby weight? Everyone's thinking it. Yeah. I'm everyone's thinking it. She's not really moving all like that. So it's like, okay, this is really cool, whatever. But then when you find out that she is pregnant, then you're like, okay, shit, she did all this pregnant. Like, all the preparation, all the work. Okay, that's pretty cool. But they fucked up because she should have announced it the day before. So everyone was pretty aware that mm-hmm. she was pregnant. And I feel like it would have been a lot better I mean, marketing-wise. I, I feel like it was obvious as soon as she went on screen and they zoomed out, like, okay, she's pregnant. Yeah. Because that didn't look like baby No, she looked like she me. had a f- Yeah, it baby. looked like she had a baby in her belly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess it's, like, pretty cool that she did announce it there, like, if she wanted to go out with a bang. But her marketing for all of her other companies slayed. She killed it with the makeup while she was there. And then after she went on all of the Super Bowl things about her, they really did good. So No, I thought she performed well, honestly, for, like, the little movement she was able to have. Yeah. Um, and I get it, like 85% of her performance is lip singing, but that's yeah. that's with a lot of people nowadays. But I feel like the one thing, I, I thought it was tremendous. Like I thought the performance was tremendous, but the one thing that I thought could have been better is I could kind of tell the difference between when she was lip singing to when she was really singing. Yeah, you, you could, could easily you tell. You could hear in her voice like yeah. what was real and what was not. Yeah. But either way, I mean, either way, her music was great. Made me tune in a whole lot more. I've been listening to Rihanna the last 24 hours. Right. She did her job. (laughs) She did. But I do think she could have, I don't even know. She just has so many good hits that I felt like weren't in it. But all of the songs that were in it were really good. She played a bunch of bangers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think she did good for being pregnant. And it's Rihanna, so... She always wins. Talk about one of the major highlights of the Super Bowl as we get as we get into that topic. Ben, did you hear how the Super Bowl was one of the most watched? There were more uh, people watching the halftime show than the actual game. And but there were more people watching the halftime show than the game. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was crazy because already the Super Bowl is one of the most watched yeah. games of all time. I saw it was like the third most watched game of all time, mm-hmm. and yet Rihanna still had more viewers than the Super Bowl. So that well. Rihanna has 145 million followers on Instagram. Yeah, well, she's big <laughs> time. People she's tuned worldwide. in, like people yeah. that follow her on Instagram probably watched the halftime show. Yeah, you know well, because I mean? you so. know, like, <laughs> not trying to sound sexist or like stereotypical or whatever, but you know, like majority of men are out here watching the Super Bowl while not all females are interested in it. But then come come the halftime show, everyone is tuning in to watch the halftime show. Yeah, 
because everyone knew it was Rihanna and you know all the people that don't watch the Super Bowl but are fans of Rihanna. That's a few million right there. Yeah, so she hasn't performed in like nine years. Yeah, yeah. Her best song was definitely Diamonds. I thought her best song was at the end when she was up on the platform. I don't all know the, which All the one. lights were shining on her. That shit was hard as fuck. That was dope. <laughs> I don't know. She was actually singing that song too. Yeah. I don't know which song was my favorite. Because Bitch Better Have My Money to Open Up. I thought that was perfect. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this Town was good too. No, yeah. She did a good job. I liked Poured Up. I'm not going to lie. She killed it and Poured Up. Yeah, I thought that was uh, one of my favorites. I was disappointed that there were no features. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think a lot of people were expecting, you know, Drake, Jay-Z. Just Jay-Z. Can you, like when yeah. she did Run This Town, if Jay-Z yeah. came in? Just, that would have been nuts. Yeah, yeah. He just like, <laughs> he just, like appeared and like. Just start rapping. Just out of nowhere, because, you know, they had all those things hanging from the ceiling, going up and down. Like, imagine if he was just up Uh, there and he just came down magically. I don't know. Popped out the floor. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Something dope. Like, one of the the dancers took off his puffer and it was just (laughs) (laughs) Jay-Z. Yeah, that'd be lit. That'd be lit. (laughs) But as amazing as this Rihanna talk is, I think it's time to get into Super Bowl 57 between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. What a ball game we saw there, Ben. What a ball game. I mean, we had us on our toes from the very beginning. Chiefs ended up getting the win, winning that game 38-35. to They were down by 10 uh, at halftime, and that was nothing new to Patrick Mahomes. Is that third Super Bowl? All three Super Bowls he was trailing at halftime. So... It was nothing new for him. He was having to deal with his ankle injury that got re-aggravated at the end of the first half. But he looked like Superman in that second half because yeah. the way he was able to keep slinging that football in the in the fourth quarter, he had that huge 26-yard run. That was probably the play of the day, in my opinion, because that changed everything. That run was huge for the Chiefs. Um, and for him to be able to do that on a bum ankle, it was incredibly impressive. But, I mean... The Eagles also just kind of fell flat in that second half. I mean, they were up 24-14. to 14. They were rolling going into the half. But come second half, I mean, that Eagles defense, they really, really stepped up big time. Um, yeah. As the Chiefs offense, they scored every single time they touched football in the second half. So that's everything that you can ask for them. But before I ask for your take and your opinions on the game, I mean, all the credit in the world to Jalen Hurts. He had a near-perfect game in the Super Bowl, and he played yeah. lights out. He had that one costly fumble that resulted in a scoop and score. And, I mean, although he had a near-perfect game, I mean, it's an argument that that was the big difference maker in this game, and that's what ended up costing him this game in the long run. Because the Chiefs never turned the ball over. They never turned the ball over. getting ready to say about, you know, whoever wins a turnover batter in the Super Bowl probably wins the game, you know? Yeah, and it's crazy because it was the only one turnover, but it was a yeah. turnover that resulted in a touchdown. It was zero yeah. time wasted. Scoop and score. Scoop and score. I mean, the, Jalen Hurts, he had over 300 yards passing on the day, um, also had 70 yards on the ground, four total touchdowns, um, only the second player in Super Bowl history to have three rushing touchdowns in the game. So he was lights out. The Eagles for the day overall – They were lights out on offense. They controlled the time of the possession. They dominated the total yards. They led time of possession 35-50 to 24. So they had... Had 11 more minutes with the football. Um, So what, they had a touchdown with the two-point conversion and a field goal in the second half? um, Yes. I don't know. They just look like they got figured out on offense a little bit. Yeah. People just... The Chiefs figured out how to guard the run a little better. 
I just feel like they did. I mean, they just did a much better job on the on the first and second down, leading them to deeper third and longs. Because on third and shorts, I mean, the Eagles were unstoppable, and if they yeah. didn't get it on third and short, they would just do that QB sneak, and it was automatic every time. Every time they tried to do it, they succeeded. Um, yeah, Philly won the first down battle, twenty five to twenty one. Uh, they had more rushing first downs, third down efficiency. They were eleven for eighteen, had nineteen more plays than the Chiefs. Um, Patrick Mahomes only threw for 182 yards. I mean, he was 21 for 27, 182, and three touchdowns, so he was still doing the job through the air. But now, like, asking you for your take, we know the fumble was the big difference maker, but what else are we taking out of this game that resulted in the Chiefs' Super Bowl? Uh, I think the Eagles' run defense was a little worse than I thought it was. Yeah. Because Isaiah Pacheco had a he had a great game, didn't he? Yeah, 76 yards, 15 carries, 76 yards, and he also yeah. had a touchdown. I mean, um, Patrick Mahomes had 44 rushing yards. Jarek McKinnon had 34 on the four carries he had. They were successful when they were running the yeah, ball. Yeah, so I think that was a big difference because, like you said, Patrick Mahomes only had 182 rushing yards, which is passing yards, yeah. Passing yards, yeah, which is really abnormal for, you know, a guy that normally has 300 a game, you mm-hmm. know. But they won it on the ground in the second half. Eagles couldn't stop them, really. Yeah. They scored on every possession. Yeah. No, that that's the one spot where Kansas City beat uh, the Philadelphia Eagles on the offensive end. They out they had more rushing yards than a one fifty eight to one fifteen for the Eagles. And then of course, you know, we gotta talk about that big controversial play at the end of the game, that defensive uh, pass interference, or did they call a holding pass interference? What they call it was they a hold it holding before he threw the pass. But yeah. the flag came after the pass at the ground. It was so a late I don't, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a it's a fifty fifty call can go all the, either way. Um, me personally, I don't think it should have been a penalty. I know was it CJ Gardner Johnson, or who Brad- was it? It was James Bradbury, the dude who committed That's right, the foul. Because yeah. Debo was talking shit about him all week, yeah, leading up to it, and then he gave up that penalty. Yeah, James Bradbury. He admitted. He said. I, he said I grabbed him. I held him. It was a penalty. He was, said he was just hoping they were going to let him get away with it, but. That was the first like tic tac call we saw all game. Yeah. And the fact that it came in probably the biggest moment of the game, you know, it just turned a lot of eyes. It was not the way I wanted to see the Super Bowl end at all. As I don't think anyone wants to see a Super Bowl like that because in the eyes of the viewers, it's just you know, it's kind of the refs writing the script for the game, right? Yeah. I mean, people argued it was like that for the Bengals game too, but that one was a little more obvious. Well, the Bengals um, Super Bowl last year the same thing happened. Um, what was the play for that one? Logan Wilson held Cooper Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he just and it led it. him to get a touchdown. Yeah, they got yeah, a first down. It was touchdown. third down, and you know yeah. they called the holding, and then they got a first and yeah. ended up scoring. So two years in a <laughs> row, we can say the refs are the MVP of the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, it was actually Patrick Mahomes, yeah. and it was well-deserving. Again, incredibly impressed by his performance, playing through the injury, and now he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time champion, a two-time regular season MVP, um, with just six seasons in the NFL. This guy's got a hell of a resume, a hell of a resume, arguably one of the best starts to a career in uh, NFL history. So now looking at Patrick Mahomes now, I mean, this guy's chasing greatness here. I mean, there's been a few quarterbacks that have had great starts like that, but what does this mean for Patrick Mahomes in his career, getting another Super Bowl uh, this early in his career, now with two wins, one losses, three appearances. Um, this guy's been in the conference championship game every single year he's been a starter. Because, I mean, basically he's only played five years. His rookie year he didn't play. He didn't play. Yeah. So um, what does this mean for Mahomes and his uh, potential future? 
I mean, it just adds to everything, like everybody was saying. You know, going into the game, people are already talking about him. Like, is he already the best ever? Like, yeah, there's just going to be more of that talk. Yeah, until he gets some more rings and plays more years. I don't think you can just say he's better than Tom Brady yet. But right now, he's probably the second best quarterback of all time. Just <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> off of his first five years, because I, I guess when you consider like awards and uh, and Super Bowl wins and all that, then no, he's probably not the second of all time. But when you just strictly look at the eye test and watch people play football and watch Patrick Mahomes play football, like this guy's just he's generational. He's one of the best we've ever seen. Yeah, and he continues to do it on a yearly basis. But continuing to talk about Patrick Mahomes, I mean. He's already only one of 13 men to ever win a regular season MVP and a Super Bowl MVP. Tom That's Brady. A long list. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously Tom Brady's on the list. Is Russell Payton, Wilson on there? Peyton Manning's on the list. Um, Kurt Warner, John Elway, Terrell Davis, Steve Young, Emmett Smith, Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, Marcus Allen, and Bart Starr. Does Russell Wilson have an MVP? I don't believe so. I don't think he's got but it's just crazy because Patrick Mahomes is now on this list with a group of legends in NFL history at, how old is he? 27? Yeah, 27. Yeah. Every other player on that list is eligible for the Hall of Fame. So people could say even before he won the Super Bowl that this man's a lock for a future first ballot Hall of Famer. But, I mean, what this just means for him in his career is that he's chasing greatness. And yeah. he's already on pace to be competing with the greatest of all time and Tom Brady and who just happened to retire for the second time. And seems like he's going to be hanging it up for good. Um, is this chief's team a dynasty though? I think Patrick Mahomes is a dynasty. I don't really think it matters who he has around him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. But I mean, he's on the chiefs and he's yeah. on that big time contract. I, I guess. And you can call the chiefs a dynasty, but they're going to be moving guys every year because they're paying him and Kelsey and, you know, Frank Clark and, Chris Jones. Chris Jones. They're paying all those guys like a lot of money. So yeah, they're moving guys in and out every year. Like they brought Juju on. They brought Kadarius Tony in. Isaiah Pacheco was a rookie. Like um, I think it's nice that they were able to be successful with all those rookies, though, because yeah, rookies, new guys to the team. Just yeah. like yeah, and I mean Pacheco's a key piece for them. I can't see him moving away from him because no. have you seen the list of all the teams that won the Super Bowl in the last ten years and who their running backs were? Like, none of them are, like, high-paid running backs, you know? No. So it's kind of crazy to think about. Like, Super Bowl teams don't pay the running backs. Super Bowl teams Sh- don't. I feel like Super Bowl teams don't, don't win the Super Bowl necessarily on just, like, like it's a lot more than. Just a running back. Yeah, like, it's, I feel like it's almost more defense in, like, your passing game. Than I would. Running. I mean, I'm definitely, like, I would be the first to argue that defense wins championships. Having said know? that, running you know, opens up the whole offense. So yeah. if you can't run the ball, you're... But it just shows that you don't need one of those top dogs, one of those guys that pays those high yeah. salary money to win a Super Bowl. As long yeah. as you have the right guy in your system, then you can be successful. Yeah. Like past Super Bowl winners have all had like highly rated yeah. offensive lines. Yeah. And I mean, that's a key piece to run. Because like you don't need a great running back if your offensive line can run block. Yeah. Because like, if you're a running back in the NFL, whether you're a first string or a third string, like... If you get put in with a good offense line, like you can get, you can get yours. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's as long as I mean, you just got to hit the right gaps. You got to make yeah. the right cuts. You got to be, got to make uh, the right quick decisions. Yeah. Um, oh, and that's another thing. Like Chiefs' offensive line didn't give up one sack. Yeah, yeah. You know, incredibly impressive because ever going into the game, everyone was talking about how 
incredible that front seven for the Eagles defense was. Yeah. As they were first or second in the league in sacks this year? First. They were first, yeah. Mm -hmm. They were leading the league in sacks this season as a defense. And the Chiefs, you know, they protected Mahomes. And that's exactly what we had to do, especially what they had to do with his bum ankle. Yeah. Um, They did what they needed to do to win. Um, Games aren't defined by one play. Um, And the Chiefs, Chiefs all around were dominant in the second half. And you can never count Patrick Mahomes out of a football game. With that being said, um, <laughs> as we have on our TV here, Patrick Mahomes on his uh, parade float in <laughs> Disneyland <laughs> with Mickey and Minnie. <laughs> He's living his best life. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the last thing to talk about before we go past this game and basically say goodbye to this NFL season, I mean, the penalty differential it doesn't look huge, but I think it was a big difference maker. I mean, six penalties for the Eagles resulted in 33 yards and that turnover lost. I think that was the big difference maker. And one more thing that I want to point out, it was that punt return by oh, yeah. Kadarius Tony, And the uh, Quez Watkins drop. Yeah, and the Quez Watkins drop. That was huge. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was huge. <laughs> but but no, but Kadarius Tony, for one, it was the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. Yeah. Um, but the fact that, cause that, that was a, it was a tie game when that happened, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was a tie game. Um, Eagles were punting the ball back and they were, instead of getting it at, you know, their own 30, their own 25, whatever it may be, they started at the five yard line <laughs> and they were able to score super easily. Um, so I think that was a huge difference maker cause that happened in the fourth quarter and let's say that doesn't happen. And, it takes the Chiefs six minutes to go score a touchdown. You're still giving the ball back to the Eagles with time to make a play. Instead, a whole lifetime of football happened. Um, in between that penalty, the Eagles kicking the field goal, going up three, with there eventually only being four seconds, one play for the Eagles to make some madness happen. And Jalen Hurts just, you know, I, I knew this from the get-go. He didn't have the arm strength to get it there. Um, <laughs> no, not from 80 yards, yeah, 75. No, I mean, 75 <laughs> yards. No, only players with the greatest arm strength in the league can get it there. You know, like Two guys, probably Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. Uh, I would I would have thought like Aaron Rodgers could maybe get it there. No, you don't think? Not anymore. Yeah. Justin Herbert could probably get it there. Mm, yeah, maybe. But like Joe Burrow can't throw it 75 yards. He can throw it 65. You don't think he can throw it 70 yards? Not 75, no. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's, out. that's a lot. That's saying a lot, <laughs> you know, throwing at 75 yards. Um, I don't know. I thought he had a cannon like that, but maybe not to that extent, no. <laughs> but yeah, the Kansas city chiefs are super bowl champions, second super bowl in the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid era. And this is just the beginning for them. Who knows what's in store for this, this group, that player, that coach, as we're in my opinion, watching history. And it's the next coming of Tom Brady, next coming of Joe Montana, you know, next coming of Troy Aikman, you know, a guy mm-hmm. like that because he was super successful earlier in his career. Yeah. So it should be really fun to see um, in the next coming years. But that's it for this NFL season. And it's going to it's going to be it's going to suck. We got how, how many more months is it until uh, we're back in it with the new season with fantasy football back? August, September. <sighs> Way too long. February, March, April, May, June, July. Got over half a year until we're <laughs> back in football. And until then, we are rolling out all of the NBA news from here on out. And as we make the transition, 
we got to talk about the NBA trade deadline. As you know, last on the show, the biggest trade we thought was going to be the biggest trade of the deadline was the Kyrie Irving trade heading to Dallas for Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. But that not at all was the case as we had maybe one of the biggest trades in trade deadline history with Kevin Durant getting moved to the Phoenix Suns for Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, four first round picks, a 2028 first round pick swap. And you said two second round picks as well. That is a load for Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And TJ Warren, (laughs) but I mean, before we talk about the rest of the trades on the trade deadline, I mean, what does this mean for the Phoenix Suns? What does this mean for the Western Conference now? Is I, I think the shift of the dominant conference has shifted right back over to the West after maybe a year. Yeah. But now you got dominant teams like, you know, you still got the Denver Nuggets playing great basketball. You, the Memphis Grizzlies are still up there. And then you got a basic super team with the Phoenix Suns and then a dominant Mavericks team with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. Although... Um, so far, the Mavs are 0-2 with Luka and Kyrie playing yeah, together. That, but they but they put up the stats. That clip of them last night was so funny. At the end of the game, they just kept passing it back and forth to each other. Yeah, like yeah. They didn't know who, who was going to take the final shot. Yeah. No, and they ended up they ended up not even getting a shot off uh-uh. on, the, on the very last possession. But I think they're going to they're gonna figure it out. I think it's just going to take a few games. But, yeah, you know, I agree. they're in a position where I don't want to say they can afford to lose because, like, playoffs are right around the corner, but – they're not like out of the playoffs. They don't need to win. You know what I mean? You just got to be careful in that Western conference because the four seed, which are the Phoenix suns all the way down to, let's just say the nine seed. It's only a game and a half in between. Where are the Mavs? The Mavs are at the five seed. They're a half game back of Phoenix who are the four. Yeah. I mean, they'll win. They'll start winning. You know, the suns are nine games back. Dallas is nine and a half of Denver. Clippers are right with Dallas 31 and 28. And then you got the Pelicans and the Timberwolves 10 games back. And then Warriors and Jazz rounding out the play-in with, you know, some solid teams with the Blazers, Thunder, and Lakers specifically looking to make a little run um, to get back into the play-in. But, I mean, the Lakers, LeBron's been out for a few games now. He's had some big ankle problems, and they've been losing games. They're now 14 games back of the one seed um, and two and a half games back of the play-in. So they've only been going down, not what we've been wanting to see from the L.A. Lakers, but a lot more to come in this uh, season. So obviously that Kevin Durant trade is the biggest trade of the trade deadline, but Kevin Durant will not be playing for the Suns until after the All-Star break. Um, so it's going to be another week or so until we see um, that crazy trio or or quad of a team, you know, with Devin Booker, DeAndre and Chris Paul, and now adding Kevin Durant um, to the mix. Um, that should be scary <laughs> when that happens. Um, but another major trade that went down, and I think it was a big deal. Um, not a whole lot for it has been done so far, but D'Angelo Russell um, getting traded to the LA Lakers from the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, moving Russell Westbrook out of LA in a three-team trade, sending him to the Utah Jazz, and with Mike Conley going to the Minnesota Timberwolves, as well as Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley going to LA as a part of that three-team trade. Um, Utah, as well as Westbrook, they got Juan Toscano Anderson, Damian Jones, and then they got the 2027 first-round pick from the Lakers. As Minnesota, they got Mike Conley, as well as Nikel Alexander-Walker, and three second-round picks 
Um, so that's kind of the chunk that Minnesota got for giving away D'Angelo Russell. I mean, just thinking about that trade, I see it as, you know, Minnesota got fleeced. Because yeah, <laughs> as much as maybe they weren't a fan of D'Angelo Russell and he wasn't mixing, I did not think he was nearly the biggest um, He's flaw not, he was for the, not for the, the Timberwolves. Yeah. yeah, he was not the problem. Gobert's having like his worst statistical season like since he's been in the league and it just you know, <laughs> hasn't really meshed that well and they've been injured off and on all of their both their big men carl anthony towns and rudy gobert so they haven't been playing consistent basketball together i don't know how this really helps them that much i mean i get it you had a veteran presence and mike conley but i mean that was not a move in my opinion for the timberwolves saying hey we're gonna make a push here to try and compete come playoff time yeah that's not what i saw no. um i just i don't think they can win with their play style. I don't think it's a big man dominated league like that. I mean, I, like I think you need good guard play, good forward play to win. And they just yeah. have two, two, because like you seven know, you're clogging that, up the paint. And even though Carl Anthony towns can play on the perimeter, you can play on the wing. I mean, he's still a guy that needs to work inside out, but it's kind of hard to do that when you have a guy sitting on the block all game long, just literally going back and forth. Yeah. Cause Gobert can't do anything outside of eight feet. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. So I don't know. I, I mean, just, like just their formula doesn't work. I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's working better than the Lakers right now. <laughs> I, know, I know the Lakers have been banged up all season dealing with AD, now LeBron drama. But, you know, they, they brought in D'Angelo Russell since they got him. They haven't really been able to make much happen. But when LeBron comes back, we don't think he's going to be healthy. When he comes back, he's going to be playing through the ankle injury. As they say, it's an injury that can linger all season long. So that's already a big problem for the Lakers, but if they're going to want to have to make a push, they got to start doing it soon. Once this all-star break ends, because there's no way they make a top six seed in my opinion, but they're still, you know, they're, they're still in the mix to potentially fight for a playing spot, but how we've been watching them play and just how they play the style in which they play, it does not look promising for me. In my opinion, um, there's just too much talent in the Western conference and too many teams that are able to win games on a consistent basis to where this might be another tough year for LA. But, you know, we're going to give it a couple of weeks with uh, D'Angelo Russell because I thought that was a great get for them. Yeah. I mean, he's able to do everything. He's able to provide on the defensive floor as well. He's a playmaker for them um, to get it out of LeBron's hands. And, of course, he can shoot the basketball, which is probably the biggest factor in my opinion. Um, getting a guard that can now shoot and – you know, bring out the defense, unlike, you know, a Patrick Beverly, a Russell Westbrook, um, him and Dennis Schroeder should be a good backcourt for them. Um, Cause Schroeder's already a, a great scorer. He's just a liability on the defensive end is where the problem comes. Another big move. Um, I guess none of these are as big as those two trades were, but you know, you got a team like the Clippers who landed Eric Gordon in a three-team trade with the Rockets as Luke Kennard from the Clippers. He heads to the Grizzlies and as a part of that three-team trade. Bones Island gave John Wall to. Um, I believe that was oh. a. I believe that was a separate trade. Um, that was a, that was a trade with the Nuggets. I still, I, that's a good gift for the Clippers. Yeah, no, I but think. the clip, you know, the Clippers, they got Eric Gordon, um, they got Bones Highland, and they also got Mason Plumley from the Hornets. So they were able to get a few key pieces um, to add to their rotation. I think the and, Plumley and Bones Highland trade was a three team trade. I don't think it was a three team trade. This says Clippers just got Bones Highland for two second round picks. That's crazy. That's it. 
I think Bones Highland's worth a little bit more than that. I get it. He's not a star player or anything, but only two first round picks. Yeah. The Warriors are trading five or I'm sorry, second round picks. The Warriors are trading five second round picks. Like it was nothing to teams, you know, it was the, the trade, the three team trade was Clippers, Lakers, no, oh, it's four team Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, and Magic were all in that trade. Because that was the trade that almost got vetoed because of the Gary Payton incident. Mm-mm. Right? No? This was Bones Highland goes to the Clippers. Lakers get Mo Bamba, Devon Reed in a second round pick. Nuggets get Thomas Bryant. And the Magic get Patrick Beverly in a 2024 from Denver. Who got Pat Beverly? The Magic. Magic yeah. The And they get a 2024 second round from Denver and then cash considerations. Yeah. So just issues. money. Okay, so that was a big trade. Magic ended up buying out or cutting, buying out, whatever it was. Pat, Pat Beverly is not on the Magic. Um, so he's a free agent, so that'll be interesting where he goes. Thomas Bryant's a big addition to the Nuggets. Uh, I agree with you. I think he's going to be a big help for them for the minutes without Nikola Jokic. You know, um, They finally have another true center to play the position um, while Jokic is not on the floor. Um, I could even... Maybe seeing them playing alongside each other for a little bit part of the game because Jokic can play on the perimeter, obviously. Yeah. And he is one of their primary uh, Like when ball Jokic handlers. is running the one. Yeah. Thomas Bryant's at the five. Yeah. Like, you know, if Jamal Murray's not in the game. Yeah. Um, no Bones Highland anymore. I feel like it's hard to run two bigs with Jokic because I feel like whenever I see their offense, like he's always running to the free throw line, you know, catching mm-hmm. it. He's playing catching in the middle. And kicking out. So, like, it's going to be hard to have somebody at the free throw line and the block. And, yeah. Um, Three guys out. No, right? he's probably he's probably mainly just a backup piece, you know, for when Jokic is in the game because yeah. their, their plus minus is one of the worst in the league when Jokic is on versus off the floor. Yeah. Um, it, I think the only one that's worse is Tatum for the Celtics. Honestly, <laughs> I'm serious. I saw that stat over the weekend. Jokic has the. <laughs> why? Why is that funny? It's true. It's facts. It is. It is. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it either. Right. I mean, maybe he's just. Doesn't like seeing me happy with my seeing my boy succeed. It's fine. You don't it's like fine. you don't like you didn't like seeing the Bengals win. I did like there. seeing the Bengals succeed. No. I mean, I guess I didn't like having you talk about it, but I let you talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah, Jason Tatum's a huge piece for the Celtics. That's obvious. You know, we have a roommate that says if Jason Tatum wasn't on the team, we'd still be one of the better teams in the league. And I think, as I think, we'd be a good team. I think that's blasphemy because <laughs> you don't have a top eight player, top ten player in the league. Just taking that off the floor, I mean, I think that's changed the whole dynamic of a basketball team. But that's nor here or there or whatever. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> you know, since we're talking about the Celtics, I can talk about how we got a key piece of Mike Muscala from the Oklahoma City Thunder. I know you're laughing at that. We traded him for Justin Jackson in two seconds. But he's actually been nice so far in the few games he's played. Um, he's been shooting at a great rate. He's shooting with confidence. And he fits into the team tremendously. Um, Because he's a guy that can play the four, play the five when really needed to. So it's, you know, a piece we needed for in case Al, Rob, injuries, um, you know, fills in that role of that Luke Cornett spot and Blake Griffin. Because, I mean, they're solid players, but they're not shooters like Mike Muscala has been. And he's been a a key factor um, for the Celtics. Um, So I was definitely excited to see that happen. I mean, he's averaging 11 in his two games played, shooting 53%. (laughs) Yeah, you don't care at all, huh? I just, I care. I mean, because it'll be interesting because, I mean, we still have, everyone forgets we have Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, it's just like. I know, I know. He's just, just a role you, player. You, I mean, you just special. added like another like Sam Hauser. Like, yeah. That's what well, I feel about it. I think he's a little better than Hauser. Probably. Hauser's not 
that good. Yeah, so. but he's, you know, he, it's, he it's just that, another shooter. He, he fits, strap, in, he fits but... into the core of the team tremendously. Yeah, and if you watch the game over the weekend, specifically against um, the Grizzlies, I mean, he was shooting with confidence and he was fitting in perfectly. And it's just impressive to see because first getting on the team normally it takes some time to mesh in, but yeah. seems like he meshes perfectly with the team. And I also think it's a potential replacement for if Grant Williams leaves us this offseason. Yeah. Because I saw something this morning to where now he's looking for around $20 million a year. You don't have that money. I don't think that's something we'd be willing to pay. I no. mean, we definitely want to keep him. He's a great piece of our team, and he's he's great for the chemistry on the team. Everyone in the locker room loves him. But, I mean, it's a business. And if he can get that money somewhere else, I'm sure he's going to take it. Which. Yeah. I always think it's crazy because if it were me, you know, I would always put winning first. And on a team like that with a chance to win every year in, year out. I'd put winning first, especially when you're like making that type of money. Like whether he gets 16 million or 20 million, like he's set for life. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, exactly. You know, exactly. So like, <laughs> yeah. And he's already, I mean, I get it. I guess he's only on a rookie contract, but what? Let's say he's making 4 million a year. Like, yeah. What is that? The top 1%? <laughs> yeah, of <yeah>. males <laughs> like one, top one percent of people yeah of people like in top general. half percent like <laughs> so yeah so they're they're set for life but now he just sees the position he's in he's he's ready to get his money i guess um i mean we talked about the thomas bryant trade um going to the nuggets leaving the lakers he requested a trade to leave la which i thought was kind of interesting but he knows something we don't a lot yeah. of drama in la yeah yeah but i like the clippers this year yeah, yeah, I do. I don't. I mean, I just because they. I mean, they've been playing good basketball. I mean, they're sitting at the six seed, tied with the Mavericks. Um, I mean, their guys are healthy. They're in the mix to compete. Yeah, they're finally healthy. Kawhi's playing. PG's playing. I just like. I don't know. Like, they're playing good ball, but they're not at the level to what they used to be. Yeah, and maybe I need to just realize, like, look, like these guys are past their prime now, but they're still tremendous basketball players. Yeah, because I don't really put a lot of faith in the Clippers. Like a little bit in the off season, I was talking about how they can maybe make some noise, and then once they had injuries and Kawhi and then weren't playing early on, I completely ruled them out. But I guess you got to put them in in the mix in that competitive Western Conference because I think anybody in the West can beat each other, even the like top seeds, like. I think the Clippers and the Grizzlies would be a great series. Yeah. I really do. Like, I mean, if we're looking at how the setup is right now, I mean, it'd be a Suns Mavericks first round series, which would be a blessing to the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, we all want that. Clippers would get a matchup with the Kings in the first round, with the, the Kings being think, the higher seed. I think they win that. Like, you think the Clippers win that? I do. I like, mean, I think I, they have more talent. I agree. I agree that the Clippers have the better players, but, you know, the Kings are solid all around i feel like that's a series that can go six or seven games yeah um, no i agree i think it'd be i probably take the game. clippers with you just because you know it's Kawhi leonard it's it's paul george and they added um, a young guard like you know yeah no they have a they have a like great, they were a team full of veterans and they you know obviously they still are but they did add a young you know a young player that i think can, bring can a, make a difference bring different energy to the team and yeah to the locker room yeah no, I agree. And I mean, and they still have, you know, Terrence Mann, who's a great player. Yeah. Norman Powell, great player. Marcus Morris, great player. Um, I mean, I mean, Zubats yeah. and Plumlee as their big men now. I mean, that's the right pieces you want. I mean, I can keep going down the list. They had, they got Aaron Gordon out. Uh, Nicholas Batum um, just got the notification that Tatum's out tonight against the Bucks. So I know, <laughs> I know this podcast is going to come out in a, 
um, in the next day or so, but he is not playing on Tuesday night. So if the Celtics pull off the win against the Bucks, basically our whole starting lineup out, then you know we own them just like we own Philly, just like we own the rest of the East. But <laughs> sorry, got the note. I've had to talk about it. <laughs> I guess we don't own the Cavs, but not yet. Not not, but that's just because we haven't matched up with them in like the playoffs, you know. Without LeBron, yeah, yeah, without LeBron, <laughs> yeah, because you know we we see the. We see Philly basically every other year come playoff time, and I can't remember the last time we lost them in a playoff series. That's why I say that. Most of the time, I would say we've won the majority in the playoff series against the Bucks. Heat's kind of back and forth. I wouldn't say we own them. You're probably seeing um, Bucks season. I mean, we're gonna ECF, see some. Yeah. We're gonna see some crazy matchups because if we're talking about how the how the setups are right now, I mean, Boston's got a got a nice easy matchup so far they play the hawks in the first round um but you know sitting at the four or five spot is cleveland brooklyn and i'd assume a cleveland boston matchup there that'd be awesome that's what i really want to see because then we can go to a game maybe two (laughs) i just one (laughs) probably just one well because Cavs tickets actually sell you know what i mean yeah i know they do they do sell. but like you know a guy like me like i'm gonna want to get to a guaranteed first four games because i've seen a sweep of really talented teams so i i'd have faith we could do it but you know Celtics Cavs matchup would be something I'd love to see because I'd definitely go to one of those three, four games. And then if it happened to go to a game six, like I'm not going to lie, I'm probably there, probably dropping money and going to that extra days of work. (laughs) Cause I don't know. I'd love seeing games like that. We've been doing it for a couple of years now, going to playoff games and just how competitive they are. I just, I do love, I do love Pfizer. Boston Boston plays. Milwaukee and the ECF, we look, you could go. Yeah, I already heard. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that Cleveland and Boston like matches up well too. Like obviously, great series. Boston is the better team, but I think you know, like we've seen. I mean, I hate to bring it up, but Cleveland hasn't lost to Boston this year. Yeah, it's one of the teams that Boston hasn't beaten. They got a couple more. Well, there's a few teams. You know, we haven't beat the Magic either, but or the the Thunder works. Um, I don't remember about the Thunder exactly. Um, but, you know, it's just. But no, I, I would say outside of the Bucks, just because they have Giannis, that, yeah. like, that's the best matchup against us. But outside of that, I would say the Cavs match up best against us because, Even you know, they have, a, they have a similar front court with Mobley and Jared Allen um, when you compare that to, like, Al Horford and Robert Williams because, you know, Jared Allen and Robert are very similar. You know, the rim protectors can't really shoot the ball. Rebounders. Can shoot the midi yeah. when needed. Um, yeah, big rebounders, big offensive rebounders. Mobley and Al, both guys that can play the five, but shift to the four, can shoot the three, um, are able to score on the offense when needed, um, can rebound the ball, defensive playmakers. Yeah. Um, so I, Al and Mobley are – I th- Al's a way better shooter than Mobley. Yeah. Oh, I agree. But I think a Mobley's way a way better defender. But Mo- yeah. Mobley's got that corner three in his back. You would say a way better defender? I don't know about way better. Mobley gets like two blocks a game. Uh, I mean, if Al <laughs> Horford wasn't 36 years old. <laughs> well, yeah, he is. That's Yeah, but how many, blo- how many blocks does Jared Allen get a game? Because Robert gets arguably one and a half, one point something, maybe two. I mean, two. Robert's a better defender than both of them yeah. in the interior. But I think Mobley can guard the perimeter. He can guard the interior. He can, you know, he's long. He can get rebounds, like. Contest shots. Yeah. He's no. a he's a very good defender. I, I just think it's I position. think I just think though that front court's very similar. Yeah. And then I mean I guess ours is better because you know we have Tatum, but then you go into comparing those 
those top guys like Tatum and Donovan Mitchell. Like, yeah. I mean, I got Tatum, but Donovan's no, you know, no chump, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm taking, can I'm taking by. He can Garland drop 40 and, on you any night. I'm taking Garland and Donovan over Marcus and Jalen though. If we're, ta- if we're talking backcourt, yeah, that's fine. Cause, but JT cause is, that, cause your guys, two best players are in your backcourt. Yeah. But you know, JT's miles. JT's a part of the front court. And, yeah. 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 Um, um, who else? Jetty and, um, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised that the Cavs didn't make any moves at the trade deadline because, you know, they have a few guys in their rotation that they I made think a lot of moves improved. in the previous offseason. Well, they made a yeah, they made a lot of moves in the offseason. They got Donovan Mitchell. So I don't like what moves would you want them to make? I mean, just something that can potentially improve their front court, their bench front court, you know, because I personally don't mind Ricky Rubio as their backup point guard. You know, I like Karis LeVert. Um, Isaac oh, that's the, that's the other guy, Karis um, LeVert. But, you know, I just think they could have some better guys than, you know, Dean Wade, Lamar Stevens, Jetty Osmond. Like, they're good players, but, you know, come playoff time, like, I don't see Dean Wade. I see him being a something that he's getting he's getting picked on, you know, a guy like that. He's a shooter, I do, th- I do think uh, they didn't make any moves at the trade deadline, but they did sign Danny Green, and I think that was a huge get for them. Yeah, I don't he's know a shooter. How much, I don't yeah. know how much they use him. But he's definitely a shooter off the bench that can be helpful in any way possible. Yeah, you stick um, him in the corner and shooting fifty percent. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I I agree that the Cavs probably match up best with us, and that series would be tremendous. I mean, if we're looking at it, you know, we got a Philly Miami first round matchup right now, and I think that would be tremendous. Um, I know Miami hasn't been all that this season. They're sitting at the six seed right now, but you know, Bam Adebayo is taking another big time step. Um, top five center in the league. We've talked about that a little bit. Can never count out Jimmy Butler. He plays, I feel like a different style of basketball every single night. Yeah. Like whether he's being the scorer one night, being the playmaker, being he, just does, he does whatever maker. they like need him to do. Yeah. He's doing whatever like, yeah. they need him to do on a, on a daily basis. So you can never count out that heat team either. They do not match up well against the Celtics. Though. No, they, mm, I, I wouldn't say so. Um, I mean, terribly, but, I think, but I still, <laughs> but they give us a run for our money every single time we they play. Do. I mean, in the bubble, they beat us. Yeah. I was very upset about that. I was hoping to see a Celtics-Lakers rivalry renewed. But, you know, for another time, maybe next year, hopefully. I don't know. As much as I don't like L.A., I want to see that rivalry get back, you know? Yeah. But, you know, that's something for down the line in the future. Are there any trades we maybe missed that should be talked about? Because I know, like, the Warriors traded James Wiseman to Detroit as a part of that um, three-team deal with, you know, Sadiq Bay got traded, right? Um, so, so Sadiq got paid, uh, traded a part of that trade. He got sent to the Warriors, but then he got sent right back to the Hawks um, for five second round picks. I think um, he's a good player. He's and, a good young player. No, nah, I like Sadiq Bay. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish they kept him in Golden State. I think he could have been a good piece for them off the bench. I agree. Um, I get it why they didn't want to keep him because you know they still have Andrew Wiggins. Gary Payton failed his physical um, with the team. That's why the trade was in jeopardy, but. I guess the Warriors made the decision. I guess it's the front office decision. They can still choose to let the trade go through, even if the physical wasn't passed. Uh, that was a big deal for about a day there. Um, but things got uh, Does squared. And Sadiq Bay start on the Hawks at the three over DeAndre Hunter? Um, He's definitely more of an offensive threat than Hunter is, but Hunter's a great defender. Um, I would. They did start Sadiq Bay. Yeah. Wow. Um, but they. Did they split or something? So they started Sadiq Bay, but John Collins was out. 
And okay. that was a guy that I was expecting to get moved. He's been on the block for a couple of years now. Yeah. And he did not get out of Atlanta. Um, I'm a little surprised, but I'm also a little surprised they've been wanting to trade him because yeah, I, think he's he's, good. I think he's a tremendous player. Yeah, he's Like player. I always talk about, like I would take him in Boston all day He's long. like a more athletic Evan Mobley on this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like not as tall, not as lengthy, but, like he's, but, he's but his bounce, is, his yeah, bounce yeah. is some of the best in the league. He's able to shoot the ball. Um, he can get rebounds for you. He plays the four. Um, I think he's a great player. Um, let me see on their game on Saturday. I don't know if Sadiq Bay played in that one. Probably not. Yeah, he didn't play. Yeah. Um, so I don't know exactly what their starting lineup's gonna be because he played the four. He'll play. Um, He'll get his twenty minutes probably. Yeah. He. I mean, he's gonna be their sixth man yeah. off the bench. If he doesn't start, I wouldn't be surprised if they move John Collins because I know they're not a fan of him. But yeah, I mean, it's a great addition to that Hawks team. Maybe they can make some noise. Um, hopefully, they can stick it out in the playoffs. I mean, I'm not saying them winning nothing in the playoffs, but you know, they're they're only at an eight seed right now. They're in yeah. the play-in, so one or two losses in the play-in. Who's seven seed over. right now? I'm the Knicks. Knicks. I yeah. like the Knicks this year. I like the Knicks this year too. That Jalen Brunson addition was huge. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I like the play-in. I think those two teams should just be in the playoffs. <laughs> um. Well, you know, then they just got to win their game. So it's I don't like it because. Seven, they have to play. Yeah. And then whoever loses has to play again. I feel like I'd rather like, you know, seven versus 10 and like eight versus nine. It's just one game. If you win Low it. key. Yeah. Just one game. If you're winning, but, you're in. If you're but they do like a little, but they do like a little tournament. So, I mean, seven versus eight play to see who gets the seven seed. And then whoever loses plays the winner of nine and 10 versus for the eight seed. And I think both those teams, right now, it's the Raptors and the Wizards in the 9 and 10 spot. So I don't think those teams get it done. I mean, but they're teams that can win on any given night, you know, if they play yeah. hot. So you can't. Siakam's good. So I think those plans would be better. I mean, the then, Wizards, though. Dude, well, they've been playing some solid basketball. I mean, they've been playing. Kyle Kuzma's taken another big step. Porzingis has been playing great. Bradley and then, of course, they have Bradley Beal. Yeah. Um, That's kind of it. Yeah. No, they got other guys. <laughs> Like I don't who starts at the one for the Wizards? Is it Bradley Beal? I think it's Monte Morris. I think it's Monte Morris. Yeah, it's not very good. Um, <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, those are really their main guys, but I mean they win games. Um they could I don't see them winning in the play in. I just don't see them beating a team like the Hawks or the Knicks. The Knicks when it matters. Or even the Raptors. Yeah. No, the Raptors aren't playing great ball, but they still, they, got, yeah. they still got a good team. They never moved OG Ananobi, so expect him to get moved in the offseason potentially. But Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet didn't get Siakam. moved either. Um, so, I mean, they still got that dominant team from a couple years ago. Not dominant, but a couple <laughs> years ago, they were pretty dominant. They were With one Kawhi, of the better teams yeah. in the league. You know, And they had Pascal. They had Fred Van Vliet. Um, OG Ananobi is a newer piece from a couple years ago, but he's a great player. I mean, to finish this podcast, I guess we can talk about the playing on the on the Western Conference side because right now it's sitting with the Pelicans, the Timberwolves, um, the Golden State, and then the Jazz rounded out with the Blazers, Thunder, and Lakers on the outside looking in. Like in the East, all those teams in the East outside looking in, like I don't think they can compete at all. No. Like maybe the Bulls, but they've been they've been out of sorts all season long. Yeah, but and it all started with that Lonzo injury. I'm a little surprised. Yeah. With their performance, um, I thought they would have a much better season as they're currently 26 and 31. Because, I mean, when you have guys like DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic, I mean, that's a great roster right there when you name those first three guys. Um, there was a lot more expectations for this team. So who knows if they eventually blow it up. 
or what they choose to do because I mean they got Lonzo coming back next year. Um, they still have Alex Caruso. They got Goran Dragic, Ayo Desumu, Kobe White, Patrick Williams. Like they have a good roster. Yeah. So maybe they're the one team to look out for to potentially make the play in the East. But for the West, um, you know you got you got a banged up team in the Warriors. You got a banged up team in the Timberwolves. You got a banged up team in the Pelicans, honestly, because Zion Williamson reaggravated his hamstring, and now he's going to be out for another month, maybe a month and a half. So that's huge for the Pelicans. Um, I mean, who you see making that playing spot? Because I feel like we talk about it almost on a biweekly basis, but I feel like it's whoever. It's like, tight. It's tight in the West. Yeah, I just feel like it's whoever gets healthy the f- quickest. Yeah, because um, the Warriors could get bounce out of the play and really easily if Steph yeah. doesn't come back and you know yeah. they just or you know because it's like the Lakers without LeBron. You know, it's yeah. Steph Curry's that good without yeah. him on the court. It's a huge difference. So, yeah. you know, Zion never comes back. Like I don't, the Pelicans might not win 10 more games. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, they still got a really good team. Um, yeah, I, they were, I do, they were I bad just, without him when he, they were not great. You're right. Still, they went on yeah, that big like, losing streak. They were like one and nine of, yeah. of a 10 game stretch, but he's still out. And I mean, they're 30 and 28, four and six in their last 10. They're slowly getting wins. <laughs> But I think the, I think it's a bigger deal for the Warriors without Steph. Oh yeah, hundred. Because without Steph, I mean, obviously this team isn't competing for a championship. But they're I don't even know if they can compete to win this plan. You know, if Steph doesn't play in a playing game. Like I'm taking the Pelicans over them. If the Portland Trailblazers find a way to make it into the plan, like I'm taking the Trailblazers over them. I think they got a great. I think they got a great roster. Obviously, they got Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons in the backcourt. Um, that's top of the league. I've I've been a fan of the Thunder all season. I know they're not that talented, but I mean Shea's taking that next step, and Josh Giddy's a little underrated. With, For what they have, they play good ball. Yes, yes, I agree with that. They play, you know, they play very fundamental. Like they don't, I feel like they don't. You when you watch them, they don't make a ton of mistakes. Like they have good shooters. Mm-hmm. They just don't have like stars. Like they have shooters and like they have guys that are good. Well, on they have like one or two things they they have have with with a star. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're going to have Chet back next season, which is huge. I think people are forgetting about him. Yeah. You know, Chet Holmgren, he's going to be a dog come next season. I think he's going to be ex- I think he's going to be extremely healthy because he's going to be – I mean, I I already see him working out, getting shots yeah. up. His like, physical therapy probably – they're probably aiming at it to keep him going and just making him Just build building muscle. his muscle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what yes. like Joe Burrow did when he tore his ACL. He said yeah. he's never been stronger in his legs. Uh-huh. So. Mm-hmm. Because all that PT. Yeah, no, you see it all the time with big men like that. Yeah. Joel Embiid, for example. I mean, he had a big-time injury when he first entered the league, missed early time. But then when he came back, he's seems like he's been healthy ever since. Who had that horrible injury at the Olympics? Was that Paul George? Paul George. Long time ago? Maybe like 10 years ago? Yeah, but no one thought he was going to play again. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I still think it changed his career. Yeah, it did. But he, you know, he's back averaging twenty Dude, a game. His bone was sticking out of his leg. Yeah, it was that, disgusting. That shit was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, can't believe you put that on my mind. That was crazy because that reminded me of a lot, a lot of that Louisville guard. What Kevin, was his name? Kevin Ware. Kevin Ware. Yeah, yeah. I'll never. I that mean, one was worse. Than I'll Paul never George. forget. I'll never forget those. Yeah, those plays. His le- his bone was actually broken and out of the leg. Yeah, you can coming see out of the shin. You can or, see the bone in the video. Yeah. Yeah. Now that was scary, but I mean, let's go back and talk about these playing rankings. Um, who are the four teams you're probably putting in that plan in the Western conference? Cause it could be anybody out of these seven teams, in my opinion, I mm, Portland, Golden State, New Orleans, 
and probably the Lakers, I guess. You think so? They can turn it around, but they're, on, they're really going downhill right now. I really don't know with the Lakers. Um, I'm going to be honest. Just looking at it, like I think the Pelicans make the plan. I think they stay right around where they're at. As much as I am not a fan of the Timberwolves, I think they still make it in. Um, I think they're able to win enough games to get it done. I'm putting the Trailblazers in there. Damian Lillard's on an absolute tear right now. I'm pretty sure he's averaging 37 and a half points per game over the last couple of weeks. And then for the last team, I mean, I think it all depends on when Steph comes back. Because if Steph's back in the next month and they got time to make a late push, then I I would put them in that last spot. But if Steph isn't coming back until playoffs, then I'm I'm pushing them out of the plan and I'm putting either putting either the Jazz or Jazz or the Lakers in that tenth spot. And I mean, with how LeBron's looking and with how they've been playing, but it should be interesting because that Western Conference is absolutely loaded up now. And you got those top teams at the top of the conference that even if they do make the playoffs, <laughs> who knows what they're doing? Because <laughs> that Western Conference is stacked and you got the top teams already sitting at the top with Denver at the one, Memphis at the two, Phoenix and Dallas are at four and five. The Clippers are at six. Can't count out the Kings. They have a very, very talented roster. They're sitting at the three right now. So who knows what happens in the Western Conference. Um, upsets can be done. Um, some top seeds could go down come playoff time, depending on the matchups. Um, but it's going to be exciting to watch. I mean, with no more football, we, all we got is this to look forward to. And... I think these playoffs are going to be some of the best we've ever seen. I think last year was incredible in the Eastern Conference with the run the Celtics made, but I think it's going to be even better this year because the East, the top dogs are the top dogs. And anyone in the East can honestly get it done too, from Cleveland to Philadelphia to Milwaukee to Boston. You know, I think either of those four teams can compete to go to the um, championship. But in the West, you know, I mean, I have my four teams. Like to me, I think it's Denver, it's Memphis. It's Dallas and it's Phoenix, yeah. in my opinion. Um, there's a lot of great teams. Um, I just don't really have the faith in the Clippers anymore like I did six months ago. Um, I just think there's a lot of talented teams, a lot of well-rounded teams that I think would eventually knock them out. Um, you think the Kings, if they assuming they stay at the three seed, you think they beat you know like the Pelicans if they the with a healthy seed? Zion? Yeah. I don't think so either. But, you know, that that's what makes the Pelicans scary because they're sitting at a seven seed and they haven't really been healthy for a long time. Yeah. If you get them, if you get them healthy with a with a healthy Zion. With Averaging a, 30 and 10 a game. Maybe not 30, but, you know, like 27. Yeah. Because yeah. he's, <laughs> he's still got other tremendous scores in B.I. and C.J. McCollum. Yeah. But when he's playing, he's... it. Like, honestly, like, I can see that a healthy, a healthy Pelicans team beating... I can see him beating the Clippers. I can see him beating the Kings. I think they can beat a team like the Grizzlies. Yeah. Because I think that's a team they match up really well against. But it should be interesting. Well, it's been fun. It's been fun talking hoops. It's been fun talking football. This is our first year ever doing this podcast, and we're officially done talking football. It's going to be hard to stay away. Um, I mean, we'll as, be bringing this up is on, as this is honestly perfect timing, our last little, our last little news – Breaking news coming out before we're done talking football and going into the offseason. Derek Carr has officially been released. 
He has been released, according to Adam Schefter. So that's it for the era for Derek Carr and the Raiders. I mean, we'll be keeping him up on. Yeah, we'll be keeping up. We'll be keeping up like with Aaron Rodgers. Got to go somewhere. Aaron Rodgers, like... Lamar Jackson, um, Saquon Barkley. Who knows what they end yeah. up doing with him? T. Higgins. T. Higgins. There's a bunch of guys. So you're right. You're right. Let's keep the head up because we'll still be <laughs> we'll still be talking football throughout this basketball madness. But but that'll do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you guys next week for All-Star Weekend. <laughs>